topic is probably the most important uh, part of uh, uh, Mark. Uh, of course, the, the most important part is the resurrection scene, but uh, before resurrection, this is where uh, Jesus is really, uh, the Mark's gospel is turning around. And so before we do that, uh, let us uh, recap a little bit of the bondage that uh, uh, we are talking about. Uh, before we talk about bondage, is it possible that we can uh, work together to uh, give a picture of what we have studied so far? So first part uh, we studied if you try to remember the uh, map or the boxes, uh, the first uh, it starts with uh, two prophets coming out and uh, proclaim uh, about the coming of the Messiah and also John the Baptist. And then uh, right after that, uh, you see Jesus being baptized, but uh, Mark uh, immediately with Jesus being baptized, he put uh, the temptation story. So baptism and temptation. And then on the right side, when you look at it, there is uh, Jesus' uh, ministry. And the ministry could be uh, summarized into three parts, right? What, what are they? What were they? Teaching, healing, and exorcism. So those three things were uh, Jesus' main ministry. And after Jesus did that ministry, uh, at the bottom, you see, people were crazy about Jesus. They followed Jesus everywhere. Uh, and then when you turn the page, the first story that you see is, what is a miracle uh, healing of a leper, right? And then Jesus... That story, healing story, it's a healing story, but Mark used that healing story uh, in a, uh, for a particular purpose. And that in that healing story, what was the characteristic of the healing story? Uh, that's not yet. Uh, <laughs> good try. <laughs> huh? That uh, healing story of leper. What, what was the characteristic of that? Jesus uh, told a uh, leper not to tell anyone. Uh, so we wonder about why did, didn't Jesus uh, uh, tell a uh, uh, leper not to tell anyone? So the two reasons I gave. What was the reason? Huh? Time is not right. So if he becomes too popular, he will create jealousy, and then they will kill Jesus. And another thing is, that was not main message. Uh, teaching, healing, uh, uh, exorcism, that's not main thing for Jesus to do. So Jesus did not want people to misunderstand Jesus because of miracle. Uh, Jesus will not become the son of God by the miracle that he performed. When does uh, Jesus truly become the son of God? Not when does he become, but when does he get to be known to be the Son of God on the cross. When he died, uh, the centurion said that truly he was the Son of God. So he didn't want people to misunderstand uh, Jesus' identity. 
And then, I mean, uh, there was good reason for Jesus to do that because right at the bottom, uh, we see controversy, uh, four controversy that we saw. And the first controversy uh, uh, was what? Sin, sin uh, forgiveness of sin. And the second controversy? Hmm? Sabbath. And then the third controversy? Fasting, and then uh, last controversy. What was that? Huh? Not washing. Yeah, eating without washing our hands. So those controversies already, uh, they were nitpicking. Jesus, this tremendous ministry. Right now, multitudes are following Jesus and all that, but they uh, were uh, nitpicking. Uh, about uh, Jesus. Okay, and that was the first uh, kind of uh, story. So Jesus was popular, but there was some uh, problem, controversy uh, there was. Okay, the second uh, lesson, what do we uh, study? To begin with, do you remember? Before seed, there's another page. Huh? True, true family. Who was true family? Uh, right? Uh, right in the beginning, it says uh, uh, people follow Jesus everywhere. But first thing uh, Jesus did was to call the disciples. Again, even the previous uh, week, we said that first thing that Jesus did was calling the disciples. So four disciples uh, he called. This time, eight disciples he called. So complete uh, uh, calling of the disciples. And then I mentioned that Jesus was not interested in the crowd, uh, mob. Jesus did not come to uh, really arouse the crowd. That's not how Jesus uh, did the kingdom of the work of the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is not about the crowd with the power of number and power with the power uh, conquer the world. That's not the kingdom of God. Uh, what the kingdom of God Jesus came to uh, proclaim. Uh, so Jesus came to call twelve disciples, and he spent all his energy, all his time, all his uh, everything. Uh, for the disciples, because Jesus knew that crowd will come and go. They will just come and go. If their needs are met, then they will come. If their wants are met, they will come. But when their needs are not met, their wants are not met, then they will leave. That's the crowd. But disciples, even though they go through hardships and difficulties, they will remain. They will continue. Uh, the ministry of Jesus Christ. So Jesus knew that who will continue this ministry? Not the crowd, but the disciples. That's why he poured his energy uh, onto uh, the disciples. And we will talk about that uh, today. What are we really uh, going to... Did Jesus Christ uh, uh, came to just uh, fulfill uh, the needs and wants of the people? Or Jesus Christ came to really show uh, what... Uh, true life is all about. Uh, so uh, after uh, uh, Jesus called the uh, disciples, there is a, a little story 
a little story about the family. Uh, what did family do? Jesus' uh, uh, actual family. The family came to take Jesus because people said that Jesus was crazy, insane. That's why family came to take Jesus. And then right at the bottom, there was a story about uh, Pharisees and scribes said that Jesus borrowed the power from Beelzebub, which is the king of the demon, and then he's doing all these things. And then uh, after that, a little box, it says, uh, people say, oh, your mother and your brother uh, are here. And then Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? You, who are doing the will of God, is my brother, my sister, my mother. And basically what he's saying is, these disciples are the, my true family. So he redefined what family is. Family is not really blood relationship in Jesus' mind. Actually, he had no blood uh, sharing with the, his family. So uh, in Jesus' mind, true family is not uh, necessarily blood relationship, but the people who do the will of God, they are the true family. And he redefines uh, what family is. And then after that, uh, I mean, uh, after that, he teaches about the faith. And then uh, four uh, uh, soils, not everyone uh, will receive the word and believe. Uh, only those who have ears to hear, they will hear. Only those who have eyes to see, they will see. Not everyone. So four soils. And then uh, the kingdom of God is also you uh, uh, spread the seed and then, uh, you put the soil, but without knowing it, it grew. So mystery. Faith is about mystery. It's not, you, you don't manufacture it. You don't, you don't control faith. Uh, you don't manipulate faith. Faith, when it comes, it comes. When it doesn't come, it doesn't come. When you can believe, you believe. When you cannot believe, you cannot believe. We don't know. Uh, so faith is kind of mysterious. So when it comes, just be thankful. When it doesn't come, what can you do? Uh, we try our best, but faith is, uh, the growth of faith is mysterious. And another thing about faith is that it starts with very small, but it became so big. So uh, birds of the air, uh, 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 what is it? enjoy. Huh? Huh? flock together and enjoy. And then we uh, come to, uh, when you have faith, this bondage you'll be free from. And a bondage, there, there are uh, four bondages that uh, we see. The first bondage is disciples went out to the sea and then uh, met the storm and, and also, uh, but Jesus was sleeping and then don't you care? And then, uh, you know, the, we are go, go, really dying and then how come you are so silent and I mean, that's what uh, actual people experience. Uh, Mark's time. The, the whole country was destroyed. Temple was destroyed. And then they felt like, is God really there? Does God care? Even if God's there, uh, does God care? We are dying, we are perishing, but what is God doing? Sleeping? So that is uh, Mark's uh, community uh, felt a uh, similar thing. And then uh, the, the, that, uh, the story of storm uh, uh, shows that. Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, in, in our own lives too, sometimes we experience that. We experience that God is silent. 
God is not there. And where God, uh, does God care? How come problems come one after another? Why am I, uh, why uh, do I have to be the only one who has to go through uh, this kind of problem when other people seem to be fine with their lives? You know, all kinds of questions come. Uh, in the midst of all that, will there be disciple? In the midst of all that, will there be true people who believe? And that's what Mark is saying. A lot of people deserted faith in Mark's time. A lot of people were, uh, were disillusioned. But will there be true uh, disciples of Jesus Christ who believe and who will come to the end? And that's what Mark is uh, challenging uh, his community. Uh, so in the uh, storm story, it is about uh, the, the it is bondage, bondage of fear. Bondage of fear. We have a lot of fear within us. Uh, we have to deal with the fear within us that all the times uh, we become a bondage to fear. Uh, since we are, bond, uh, we are, we are uh, bound by the fear, we cannot live freely. Uh, we always uh, uh, live within our own uh, kind of territory where we are comfortable. We don't go beyond our territory. We don't go beyond our boundary. And we are always, we are more comfortable with boundary. Instead of feeling that, oh, this boundary really suffocates me. Instead of thinking that, oh, this boundary is very comfortable. You know, uh, we, we become adjust to our own fear. Uh, and then we are comfortable with the boundary. You know, when, when I went to uh, Israel, the first thing that I experienced is suffocating walls. You know, there are walls everywhere. You know, it's a f- wall of fear. You know, and then I felt so, uh, felt suffocating. Uh, sometimes we have these uh, walls around us that suffocates us, but when you are in there too long, it becomes comfortable. Even the walls and boundaries become uh, comfortable. So that's the first bondage. So second bondage about, is about a woman uh, who has hemorrhage for 12 years. You know, for us, hemorrhage is just a medical condition. But in Jesus' time, it wasn't just a medical condition. It was a social condition. Because uh, Jewish people uh, believe that uh, when you bleed, you become uh, kind of, uh, uh, what, what is it? Uh, huh? Not clean, unclean. Unclean. Huh? Huh? When you uh, bleed, so th- th- that's why every month, a woman, uh, when, when they do uh, the, uh, the uh, men's, then you're not supposed to touch. You're not, you're not supposed to associate uh, when you bleed. Uh, it's because it's unclean, uh, they believe. So this woman continuously bleeds for 12 years, day and night. So people thought that she was really unclean. So she was not able to touch anyone. But she, I'm going to touch uh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it's a brave woman, right? I mean, she touched Jesus. I mean, uh, for us, uh, touching her was so big deal, but it's a big deal. She was not supposed to touch uh, uh, Jesus. You know, a good Samaritan story, that when uh, they passed by, why did they pass by? Because they thought, uh, what if that person is dead? If you touch the corpse, then you're defiled. Then you're unclean. Then the priest, they have to wait a certain time, period of time until they become clean again. 
then they can give sacrifice. They were on the way to do a sacrifice, so they could not uh, touch uh, that it might be a dead corpse, right? So that kind of thing. And this woman always felt kind of restricted by social condition. You know, uh, you are unclean. You are dirty. You are not fit. Uh, you are this, you are that. She received all that. All of us feel, you know, that too sometimes. Because there is a social condition, especially a lot of women uh, have felt that way. That's why there's a women's right and women's move, uh, movement, all that, because I don't want to feel that anymore. I don't want to feel that I'm not really uh, fit. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's I mean, I uh, borrow the voice of feminism too when I studied about my own immigration uh, uh, theology because we don't have our own uh, voice. So I borrowed a voice from uh, feminism and also black theology uh, because they had their own voice. In the same way that this woman experienced tremendous constriction by the social norm. and then that is a, uh, another bondage. Uh, and then she was free from that bondage. So when, when Jesus healed uh, this woman, uh, Jesus did not just heal uh, this woman's uh, uh, physical condition. Jesus probably felt that, and I think Jesus did not have to bring her out. Jesus could just go. He was busy anyway. But on purpose, Jesus was looking for this woman, and then, who touched me? And this woman, think about the fear at that moment. I'm not, I was not supposed to touch, and then I touched, and Jesus, she was caught. But she said, my daughter. The first thing Jesus said was, my daughter, you are not unclean, dirty woman. You are God's precious daughter. And then he proclaimed it. My daughter had peace, had peace. She never had that peace. She was always divided within her. And she experienced that peace. And then Jesus proclaimed that you're a precious daughter of God. So she, she was free from that social constriction, a restriction, uh, and then uh, limitation. That's a second uh, uh, healing. And third, uh, uh, the uh, bondage is this uh, uh, man who was possessed by the, the, the demon spirit uh, and uh, he just went around in the around tombs and everywhere and then he was powerful and all that but nobody could control him. Something external to him controlled him. Some kind of power outside of him controlled him. And he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. The interesting thing is that uh, Jesus asked the name. What is your name? And uh, he said, my name is Legion. Legion is uh, these days, you know, (laughs) my memory is not that good. I think five to 8,000 people, soldiers. That's what legion uh, consists of. Uh, sorry, I will give you exact number. But, uh, I knew it, but I forgot. <laughs> anyway, 
5,000. Then legion is a Roman uh, military unit. So it's very interesting. They were massacred by Romans when Mark wrote this, right? Uh, hundreds of thousand people got killed. And then Roman, and they had no control. The external power and force controlled the whole Israel. And then probably uh, kind of that kind of political oppression and then bondage. But not only that, I, I was uh, also thinking about uh, there's some kind of addiction. Uh, I mean, the external power controls you. You don't control. I mean, we think that we are autonomous. We think that we have autonomy. But a lot of times, the power external to us controls our life. And addiction, like alcohol, uh, drug, or uh, gambling, or other kinds of uh, thing, external power controls us. And then this man was free from that external power. Now he could be his own. Uh, no external power force controlled him. He was free on his own. And the last bondage, uh, the last bondage uh, is uh, the uh, bondage of death. Uh, Jairus' daughter. Uh, I mean, Jesus was delayed because of this woman. Uh, probably Jairus people hated this woman. Who is this woman? And, you know, my daughter is dying. And then uh, all of a sudden, this woman, I don't know where she came from. And then uh, she interrupted uh, this whole uh, thing. And then, and then in the middle of it, uh, the people from uh, his household came. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother Jesus. Probably they were angry. If Jesus came a little earlier, then uh, she would have lived, but she's dead. What's, what's the use? No use. That's what we think. To us, death is finality. To us, death is a period. But to Jesus, death is not a period. That's what uh, uh, Mark wants to say. Death is not the finality. Death is not the period. Death is only karma. And then continues. Uh, so last bondage is bondage of fear that we uh, experience in our lives. And Jesus uh, freed us from the bondage of fear. So these are four. Uh, what did I, fear? Did I say the, 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 the fear? Right. <laughs> When you're old, <laughs> you get confused with words, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, bondage of death, not fear. That's the first one, bondage of death. We are free from the bondage of death. And St. Paul said, oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? Uh, I proclaim the victory of Jesus Christ, who defeated uh, the power of death. And that's what? Paul uh, proclaimed. So that's the, those are four bondages. So Hejang, are you satisfied? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> she asked. We didn't do the bondage. Five. Soldiers. Ah, uh, yeah, five thousand. 
Oh, at least I have some memory left. <laughs> so about 5,000, yeah, 5,000 uh, uh, soldiers uh, is one uh, legion. Okay, so today, very important uh, uh, passage. Uh, let us look at together. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a pact, uh, so we have to unpack it uh, as uh, much as possible. So can somebody read uh, the first box, please? If you read a little bit louder, you can pick up. Uh, this microphone is really, really expensive one, uh, provided by Simon. So can somebody read that, please? <clears throat> first box. OK, why don't we start from Veronica here? <laughs> yeah. Great. So when you look at the first boss, um, today I want to have a dialogue with you rather than uh, I gave you a lecture just now uh, a previous, uh, about previous uh, studies. But today I want you to experience uh, the exploration. Uh, I want you to explore on your own. Uh, so exercise of reading the scripture. How do, we, uh, how do you read the scripture? And also as, uh, I gave you already uh, the, the boxes for you to understand uh, better. Uh, as I said, Mark did not write uh, these boxes. Uh, Mark did not write chapters. Mark did not write uh, verses. Only thousand years later, uh, the Christians uh, put the uh, chapters and put the verses there. Mark, when he first wrote it, he just wrote it from the beginning to the end. You don't know where uh, it uh, ends, where it uh, breaks. There's no paragraph. He just wrote from the beginning to the end. And then later, Christians divided them into the chapters. And then 100 years later, uh, put the verses uh, there so that people can understand better. And then now I put boxes even there for you to understand a little better. So... So the, the, the chapters are a thousand years later uh, device uh, uh, of uh, Christians. So the first box, when you look at it, do you find anything strange? Okay, what, what is strange? He didn't, usually he has a power to do it at one time. Yeah. He's repeated. Yeah. Yeah, first time here. For example, the last page when you look at it, last page when you look at it, the last box, there's another healing story of the blind man. But there, a Bartimaeus, and it's just uh, uh, immediate. Just Jesus uh, touched him, and he was healed. But the first one, Jesus touched and healed, but when he asked uh, this man, 
do you see anything? And he, uh, he said, uh, yeah, I see trees uh, kind of uh, walking. So he can see clearly. He saw it, he saw the shape of it, but he didn't see clearly. And next time Jesus touches, and he was healed, he could see it. So he, this story itself describes uh, some kind of a gradual process of your eyes being opened. And I, I think that uh, kind of sets the tone for today, today's topic, section. The disciples, they see Jesus, but not clearly. Uh, and then after that, after a while, then, oh, now I see. Our faith is like that. We think that we see. We think that we know. But a lot of times, we don't see clearly. We don't know clearly. Only much later, ah. You know, uh, sometimes uh, when I do Bible study, a uh, 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 woman uh, who's older than uh, 70 years old, and she's, you know, Moksani, all my life, I saw it, but I didn't see it. I, I know all these stories, but I didn't know what it meant. Now I see, after seven years of Christian walk, now she sees. That's what Christian walk is like. We think that we know, but what we know is very limited. So Christian uh, walk is all the times it has to uh, continuously, uh, the process of, of your eyes being opened. So that is kind of setting the tone. This miracle is not just a story, but it's setting the tone of today's section. So can somebody read, uh, Simon, you want to read the second box, please? The first prediction. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about it. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your minds not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death Okay, as I said uh, before, we cannot really deal with every verse uh, here in the uh, passage, so we have to have a clear, just big picture. When you look at the second box, what, what is the big picture that you get? What is the big picture you see? That 
I mean, I put down first prediction. Now Jesus is uh, starting showing what's going to happen to him. Uh, until now, he didn't do that. It's the first time he is uh, showing the disciples what is going to happen to him uh, in the uh, near future. So uh, he starts uh, really getting into uh, the essence of why Jesus came. And Mark is really uh, dramatically guiding us that Jesus is entering into something very, very significant. And that's what's happening here in, here in the first prediction. But first prediction, uh, what, what comes out uh, uh, quite clearly? Disciple did not understand the purpose of Jesus coming. Yeah, okay, a little bit more. Uh, definition of the Messiah that they understood is totally different from what Jesus' true identity is. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is Messiah? Uh, Messiah, the, uh, the literal meaning of Messiah is anointed one, right? And the Messiah is in, uh, uh, in Hebrew. Then what is in Greek? What is uh, Messiah in Greek? Christ. Uh, Christ is uh, Messiah. So in uh, uh, Hebrew is Messiah. In Greek is uh, uh, Christ, uh, Christos. Uh, so now, Peter, Jesus asked uh, disciples, now, Jesus is now pushing disciples. See, Jesus' focus is not on the crowd. Jesus' focus is on the, is on the uh, disciples. Now, Jesus is uh, uh, really uh, guiding them uh, to, into deeper truth and then uh, ask the uh, disciples, who do people say that I am? And then they say all these things. So all kinds of opinions were there. Then who do you uh, say that I am? And then, as you know, Peter is always a spokesperson. He's the first one who speaks that you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. And then, is it right or wrong? You always seem to give the right answer, but the, uh, it looks like it's semantic. <laughs> <laughs> Semantically right. <laughs> he always gives the right answer, right? He always, yeah. So, uh, Messiah, Christ. And that was right. And uh, he should have Shut up there, right? Instead of saying more, right? Otherwise, Jesus would not have said, Satan, get behind me, right? So uh, he's a Messiah. And then Jesus, hearing that, then he said to Messiah, these were going to happen, and what are these things? And then the first prediction, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. This is the first prediction that uh, Jesus uh, made. Uh, just leave it, please. Uh, think about it. When Peter first heard, what would have uh, thought? <clears throat> Probably thought the uh, probably thought like the uh, Jesus family. He might have thought the uh, Jesus maybe was out, you know, lost his mind or something. Lost his mind. Okay, good. Or why are you saying such negative things? Yeah, well, that's real. That's right. Right now, your popularity is really high. 
Why do you say things like that? You know, don't kill the mood. <laughs> the mood is really, really great. Don't be a party pooper. <laughs> Everything is uh, really going great, and then you're just ruining our uh, movement. But thing is, he only saw the first part. He didn't even hear the last part. <laughs> After three days, he will rise again. He didn't even hear that. Right? I think he just uh, was overwhelmed by the first part. Even that should not have ha- uh, should not happen. So, you know, three days rise again. Oh, that that's uh, that, 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 I don't understand what you're saying. But the first part, I don't like it. Why? Because the Messiah, to in Peter's mind, was who? Political, military leader. You know, Jewish understanding of Messiah is not religious leader, like Moses, with staff going against the Egyptians, professional army, take the people, millions of people, out of Egypt. That kind of powerful leader, military, political leader. And then here, son of man must undergo great suffering, be rejected, and be killed. That's not going to happen to you. So that's why Peter's. So compared to the first box, what do you see? Compared to the first box, what do you see? Do you see similarity there? What similarity do you see? Yeah, you see, but not completely. Peter saw that Jesus was the Messiah, but he did not see completely what that Messiah will go through. With his own assumption, and uh, he just uh, made a judgment. So, that's the first thing, incomplete understanding. And then when you look at the bottom two boxes, they are put together as a good contrast. And we'll see, good contrast. And then I want you to find a good contrast. So James, can you read the uh, transfiguration? And uh, key, you can read uh, the, uh, what is that? Inability. Inability of disciples. Transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with them to the and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could reach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses. And one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead could mean. Then they asked him, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He said to them, Elijah is indeed coming first to restore all things. 
how then is it written about the Son of Man that he is to go through many sufferings and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written about him. Inability of disciples. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around him, and some scribes arguing with him. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak, and whenever he seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, You faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately he convulsed the boy, and he fell to the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, How long has, has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you are able... All things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him, and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, This kind can come out only through prayer. Great. When you uh, when you look at uh, the boxes side by side, what do you uh, get? Uh, first of all, uh, the, the whole section uh, is uh, consi uh, consists of three predictions. The first, this is the first prediction. So every time the prediction happens, there's inappropriate response uh, of the people, and the first one was uh, Peter's inappropriate uh, response. Uh, so now, when you, when you look at uh, these two boxes uh, side by side, what, what do you see? I mean, Jesus is taking these disciples uh, to the mountain, and then only three disciples, the core disciples, not all of them. Uh, all of them will not understand. Even among 12 disciples, Jesus really focused on three uh, disciples, J James, John, and uh, Peter. And then uh, he took uh, only three of them, and then they they really saw who Jesus was. Dazzling white, and then all these things, and then they even saw uh, Elijah and uh, Moses. Elijah is a representative figure of the prophet. 
Moses is a representative figure of uh, law. So uh, in the Jewish uh, tradition, there are big two pillars of tradition. One is prophetic tradition. The other is law tradition. And then both are combined here. So uh, in uh, Jesus. And so they saw this amazing uh, scene and it's so good that Peter said, let's build tent here and live here, uh, dwell here, and then uh, all that. So you see this tremendous uh, mountaintop experience uh, that they had. And then on the right side, what do you see? What do you see? Yeah, disciples could not cast out uh, demons. And what else? Yeah, Jesus. You know, because Jesus now almost his day is over. Few days left. And then disciples still did not believe. And they could not do. I mean, Jesus gave them all the power to do so. Disciples could not do it. And then Jesus still wondered, oh my goodness, if I'm gone, who's going to carry this on, right? And so that's why Jesus was frustrated. Uh, you faithless generation, how long must I? How long was I? I mean, I'm going to go soon. How long must I stay with you? How uh, longer are you going to uh, uh, stay at a faithless uh, situation? Uh, so there is a big thing going on, but disciples still cannot enter into that Jesus wonderful world. That is what really uh, bothers all of us. Jesus came and then created wonderful world. And then we still don't go into that wonderful world. We just stay outside and then just once in a while peek through. Oh, what does the wonderful world look like? But we never enter into it because we are scared and because we like it here too much. But what you like here is nothing compared to what you experience and taste here. But we like it so much that once in a while, oh, that, yeah, I can understand that. That might be good, but. They can never enter into it because they're so attached to this temporary joy that we like. If you enter into it, you don't lose this. You enhance the joy. Everything just comes alive, like what you have. Just everything just, uh, but we, we, we are too scared to enter into it. So we, we always have this dualistic thinking. Over there or over here. Over there, I want to go after I die. <laughs> and over here, I want to enjoy. But we never experience that. Uh, what do you think?
Is that a reality? Is that a situation? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what scares us, right? And that's what a lot of people uh, are uh, kind of uh, inhibiting themselves from entering into. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that's what a lot of people experience. Yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking that you bring up the ideals that we have to uh. or push us to strive to be realized by the goal. Because the immigrants and standpoints we have, they felt that they had the power, but in the end, they thought, why couldn't we do it? Yeah, that's right, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't come to faith yet. They came to the action part. I feel very much what John uh, said, and then that's our understanding. And then in my, I cannot articulate it uh, well uh, yet, but there's something wrong with that thinking. Uh, but I feel that, and a lot of people feel that. That this is something that we have a hard time. But in Jesus' mind, the commitment and whatever is not, it's not even, it's not duty. It's not even sacrifice. When I read Jesus' uh, uh, wording, at some point it looks like a sacrifice, it looks like a commitment, it looks like all that, right? You have to give up everything and then follow. But on another, in another aspect, when, you, when I look at it, what Jesus is saying is, when you find treasure in the field, you sell everything and you buy that field. From that story, I realized that it is about finding treasure. Once you find that treasure, sacrificing is not sacrificing. I mean, you give money away to buy the land, but what you buy is treasure. So what you find in Christ, well, what is important is not for you to sacrifice, but what is important is for you to find treasure in that. Right? When you find something much, much greater, your old self uh, thing that you had, sacrificing that is nothing compared to... Yeah. The movement is forward. Mm-hmm. Like you said, when you're uh, seeking the treasure, that's forward. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Which is backward movement. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Finding treasure is a forward movement. It's not really backward movement. And Paul really went through a lot of persecution, hardships, and difficulties. But the thing is, what he discovered and found was much, much greater that those things don't look like much of sacrifice because he found something greater. And that's one thing that is lacking in modern Christianity. We don't focus on finding treasure. We focus on, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, and obligations. A lot of obligations we lay out. Instead of helping them find the joy, find the fulfillment, find the great things about life. Wow, with Jesus, my life is just so different, so enriching. When they find it, then this commitment to whatever is not really much. But we focus so much on, oh, you like it, but you have to give up. It's like a, uh, to, uh, to a little kid, oh, you, you like candy, but you have to give up. You know, you show the candy and then give up. Instead of doing that, you find something greater, joy. And that's what I'm trying to do uh, in this church. I want people to find that joy. I want people to find that great treasure in their lives. And then everything comes alive. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that should be the uh, movement. And the disciples, and that can only come uh, through faith, though. Through faith. And they, they will uh, be able to uh, exercise this uh, boy. I mean, Jesus said, I mean, the Father said, oh, if you can, if you are able, can you heal me? And then Jesus said, if you are able, you know, for those who believe, nothing is impossible. If you are able, for those who believe, nothing is impossible. Right? And then the Father said, uh, I believe, <laughs> you know, out of desperation, I believe, right? And then immediately he said a very strange thing, help my unbelief. <laughs> Isn't it strange? He just said, I believe. And then immediately after that, help my unbelief. That's who we are. There's I believe part. I go to church, I go, come to Bible study, I believe, I believe, I believe. But there's a huge part that we don't know yet. So we always ask, help my unbelief. Lord, right now I don't know, but I want you to take me into that mystery. Help my unbelief. And then break down, break away, I'm, uh, break off this uh, unbelief within me so that I may freely enter into your mystery of your wonderful world. That is greater belief. Help my unbelief is greater belief than I believe. You know? That is, I'm ready for you to take me into the unknown. You know? I hope that we don't reduce Christianity into small things that I can control. 
That's not what Christianity is all about. I want you to just let it open and enter into the bigger mystery of God. And that's why they could... Uh, <laughs> that's why they couldn't see uh, that... Well, what is this? The before... Oh, no, 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 yes. That's why they could not even see after three days, rise again. They cannot even imagine, conceptualize. They only see the first part, commitment part, or suffering part. They don't see the great reality of resurrection. What Jesus is talking about is resurrection. All these things happen, but that's nothing. What will happen to me is a resurrection. I'll rise again in three days. That's what Jesus wanted to say. But what they heard was suffering. Not the resurrection. Do you understand what I'm saying? Same sentence there, but what you focus on. You know? Same message Jesus gave, and what, what do we focus on? You know? Life or death. Right? That's why the disciples could not do all that. Now, second prediction let us look at. <clears throat> okay. Second prediction. First uh, box, can you, can, just why don't you come out and read it? Yeah. <laughs> Where he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Thank you. So, can you put that up, please? Second prediction. Didn't I put it? I didn't put it in? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, when you look at the second prediction there. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him and three days after being killed, he will rise again. Little bit different, wording is different, but same thing. But what was the response? <laughs> they were afraid because Peter just got <laughs> from Jesus, Satan get behind me, right? So, so they were so afraid that they were asking, right? So they, they didn't understand what he's talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, I understand disciples, right? I mean, us, we heard so many times, but this is the first time they hear, I mean, resurrection? It just didn't register. I mean, 
what is, what is he talking about? Everything is going great. And why is he talking about death and then being killed and rejected? I mean, everybody's following you. And then a lot of people are saying that you're the Messiah, you're the, uh, you're the prophet and all this stuff. Your popularity is, uh, you know, hitting the roof. And then you're, what are you, why are you saying these things? They didn't understand. But they were afraid to ask. So you see, the whole section is about, you see it, but not completely. You see it, but you don't see it yet. Right? Disciples saw it, but did not really clearly see it. And then when you look at that left box, that's clearly, uh, you see, Doreen, can you read that, please? <clears throat> <coughs> and they came to Capernaum, and, and when he was out in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, um, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> on the way, I mean, these predictions uh, were all done on the way. So it's like a journey. Uh, this, uh, you know, uh, Mark is uh, writing in that way. On the way, the first prediction. On the way, second prediction. And the last predi- prediction is on the way to Jerusalem, uh, Jesus was saying. So uh, uh, Mark is saying that this is our journey, uh, journey to fullness. Uh, this on the way. And now they're on the way. What, Jesus is just saying that I'll be crucified, I'll be killed, I'll be rejected, and all that stuff. What are they talking about? <laughs> who's the greatest, right? They were talking about, who's the greatest? Are you better than me? And that kind of, they were arguing about who's the greatest. They were so focused on themselves. Rather than, that's why they could not hear what Jesus was saying. Jesus said so many things, they could not hear what Jesus was. They could not really hear the essence of what Jesus was saying. They are still very much in their own world. So I said, there's a big God's world and our world. We like it so much here that we want to enter into it. We cannot enter into it. But now they're talking about this world. Who is the greatest here? Jesus is talking about this world. So, so it's like all the times. Jesus is going to never meet all the times, right? That's like our life. That's like us. You know, all the times. We miss the point. And we don't understand what Jesus is saying, right? I mean, clearly you can see that. And then Jesus teaches three things about after hearing that, Jesus say uh, three things. Who wants to uh, read the first box? You know, you know, give it a try. <coughs> You'll be recorded. <laughs> he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, uh, "Whoever wants to be first must be last of all, and serve uh, servant of all." Then he took a little child and put it among them, and, and taking it in his arms, and he said to them, 
Whoever welcomes one such a child in my, in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. So what is uh, uh, Jesus teaching? This is Jesus teaching. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Put others before yourself. Put others before yourself. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, put others before yourself. Be the last. Uh, put others before you. Okay. What else? Yeah, greatest person is the people who serve others uh, rather than be served. Later he, he will say that uh, son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Uh, that, that doesn't mean that, oh, you're uh, in a position where you have no choice but to serve. But you choose. You love to serve others rather than always being recognized uh, as a great person, as a powerful person, as a beautiful person, as a you know, better-than-other-people person. We always want to be better than other people, wiser than other people, smarter than other people, more beautiful than other people, more powerful and richer than other people, then we feel good. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. Whoever wants to be first must be last. Don't even desire to be at the top, to be above other people. That's not what this kingdom is all about. Kingdom is not multitude, it's not an institution, it's not a political organization. It is heart. The kingdom is the heart. In this kingdom, that heart. And do we believe that? Do we believe that? Mm -hmm. But once in a while, when you actually be there, don't you feel great? Don't you feel free? You don't have to compete. You don't have to be above other person. You don't have to compare yourself with others. I live my own life. Isn't it freedom? Doesn't it, feel, doesn't it make you feel really great? If they buy a big, huge... Beautiful house, then I said, great, but you don't envy that? That's freedom, isn't it? Instead of saying, ah, the, the house and nothing. <laughs> Instead of saying that, bless them, 
and then be happy for them, and yet you have your own life, right? You don't have to justify why you could not buy the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do believe that. I believe that. And I think there's a great, greater joy there in believing that. And greater life, that's what I'm saying. Find treasure, you, you sell everything. It's not important what you have. Because that's a treasure. If you have that heart condition, that's all right. Your life will be much, much more blessed. What do you think? Do you believe that? That's Jesus' teaching. And it gives you great joy. You don't have to sacrifice or, you know, not buying a house or not buying a huge... That's not really sacrifice when you believe that. If you have it, great. If you don't have it, that's fine. Right? What do you think? When you accept that, then you can age beautifully. <laughs> You're, oh my goodness, look at this. <gasps> this churum, what am I going to do? You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that, right? Yeah. Okay, second. Edward, you want to read? John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward uh, to speak, up, speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the, the reward. Okay, what is going on here? What is the problem with the disciples? Okay, now with us. Yeah. Oh no, they thought that they they were besides Jesus, they were the ones that were given the power. That's right. To do, to do these things, and yeah. when they saw someone else do it. Yeah. Yeah. They thought, hey. Mm. That's right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like us against them, you know. And we, who are you? I'm Jesus' disciple. Who are you? Casting out demons in Jesus' name with my Lord's name. You know, that kind of, you know, superiority kind of feeling. Yeah. And then Jesus saying, uh, you know, be inclusive. Whoever is not against us is with us. You know, don't uh, have that exclusive attitude. You're not elite. You're not, you know, exclusive people. You're not the only one who can uh, ex uh, exercise demons, right? And so that is kind of, I mean, this elitism, that, that's part of problem. I mean, he said, who is greater? We have a lot of elitism. 
uh, within us, you know? And then we have to get rid of that elitism uh, uh, in our lives. And third, Brian can... <clears throat> if any of you uh, the stumbling block before one of these little ones could really be, would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your neck causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to, to, go to hell, uh, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eyes cause you to stumble, tear it out. heaven, you will meet a lot of these people without hands, without foot, without eyes, <laughs> bobbing around. How many disciples have been always given by Jesus, you know, being dull, not understanding something, but fearlessly, if, if you've been teaching us like this, how are we supposed to I know. understand all this message? I mean, it's a harsh message, eh? Right? If your hands are doing something bad, cut it off. Your eyes are, take it out. What is Jesus saying? I mean, he's uh, really challenging them. I think he was pretty upset with the disciples. Are you still talking about who's the greater, greatest? You know. I mean, he said, cut it off. And then he talks about salt. What is he saying? Don't be lukewarm, okay? Go all the way. You're going to do something. Okay. Anything else? He said, if it is salt, and salt loses saltiness, no longer salt. What do you say? With the things above, what he said above. If you... Pretend to be somebody else and what you really are or yeah. your true essence. That's right. You're not going to be you. And That's right, yeah. yeah. What, the, what makes you not you, cut it off. You know? Does uh, your popularity define you? If it doesn't define you, cut it off. Right? That's what it, what is unnecessary? Cut it off. Why do you try to define yourself with the things that are not you? Find who you really are. Then you'll find heaven. If salt loses saltiness, what kind of salt is that? And then what is the essence of life? What is the essence of us? Look for that. Find that instead of making yourself with all these unnecessary things and then try to define. That's why we always struggle. 
Oh, I'm not like this. I'm not like that. I'm sad. I'm depressed and all that stuff. Right? And then cut it off, those things. Find your true essence. What is important, really, to you? What do you think? Do you understand? So it's not really cut off arms and hands and feet. And, I mean, he uses really, you know, uh, what is the language? The, what kind of language? He uses very uh, graphic, extreme, uh, kind of antagonizing uh, uh, kind of language. But what he's trying to say is be simple. If you're salt, be salty. That's all. Uh, that, that is kind of uh, simplicity. It's essence he's talking about. My friends, I could only finish half of <laughs> today's. The rest of it will cover next week. And then next week we'll finish. <laughs> I don't know how I could ever finish the whole mark in five weeks. But whatever. <laughs> we cut it off. <laughs> okay, so next week we'll uh, try the last two pages. If I forget, Hejong, can you please tell me? <laughs> we didn't do it. <laughs> cut it off. <laughs> okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for. Uh, your wonderful message. Many times we really bury your message uh, in where we cannot see because of our assumption, because of our narrow understanding. But when we explore your message more deeply, there is treasure within it and we don't see it often, oh Lord. Help us to open our eyes so that we can see. Help us to open our ears so that we can hear. Guide us, O Lord. Always give us humility to be able to understand what you are trying to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.